Welcome to Pablo Torre Finds Out. I am Pablo Torre, and today we're going to find out what this sound is. And I looked up, and here were two wolves charging towards me, maybe 100, 150 feet away or so. Then I realized that maybe I was in a little trouble. Right after this ad. You're listening to DraftKings Network. I think about vocabulary a lot. Yeah, you do. You're a nerd. And for the listeners who don't know, there's a Twitter account. It's called the PTFO Dictionary, right? That's right. Shout out to uh, that listener, viewer in Israel, apparently, who who watches and learns, unlike you. Okay, n- the not learning nice. part. What he does is he looks up these stupid words you say and he finds out what they mean, like shambolic and sensorious and great word, perineum and every all these other weird words that you were saying on the show. So shout out to him. Yes, you do think about vocabulary a lot. Yes. And so I've been dying to do an episode about vocabulary. Okay. And I wanted to do one in specific about a word that I I argue, Cortez, is the most influential term Mm. in all of sports. These nuts? Close. Would you describe yourself as an alpha male? Because alpha males, you always got in the back of your mind saying, listen, I want to be recognized as the greatest in the game. You got two alphas in the prime of their careers. He's got that alpha mentality. I'm a competitive alpha dude. And we could have kept going, by the way. Like, that, that's just sports. Like, the NFL playoffs are going on. Everybody is feeling like an alpha. Or they want to. Well, so you say we, we could keep going, right? That's something you said. Yeah, it goes into non-sports, politics. It's everywhere. What I thought of hearing that was you, because what you may not know is that our producers here and myself, we've been keeping track of somebody who's been saying that word an awful lot. Go ahead and roll the tape. I wanted to be an alpha in this test. Because he's the alpha. Again, he's an alpha. Just like huge alpha, like uh, dominant energy from you. The alpha of all alphas. All right, so what, what I want to explain... You said it. What I want... I, a lot of times. The reason I have been saying it is because it's actually... First off, f*** you. <laughs> Second off, the idea of dominance, okay? Of being the stronger person, being, being the alpha. It's something that is instinctive and intuitive. That's why you wanted to talk to me? Like, biggest alpha male at the company? For the record, by the way, for the podcast audience not watching on YouTube or the DraftKings Network, Cortez, I'm just noticing this now, speaking of vocabulary. What? Cortez is, he's wearing a black polo shirt (laughs) that says heat culture on it. Uh, So before I left the house, I also have a hat that says heat culture, and I put that on, and I looked in the mirror, and I said, I can't leave the house with a heat culture hat and a heat culture shirt, so I put an Olivo (laughs) hat instead. (laughs) But this idea of what he culture embodies and what alpha male signifies and what we're all trying to do by being the dominant person in any competitive environment, which is to say life, it turns out that it all traces back to a book. This book, Cortez. What the hell is that? Read it. What does it say? What does it say on the cover of this book? It says, The Wolf, the Ecology and Behavior the of wolf? an Endangered Species. Did you say wolf? Is the that wolf. That's how you pronounce Wolf. Whatever, man. What is this accent? The wolf. (laughs) (laughs) That's the wolf, the ecology and behavior of an endangered species. Hold on. It's spelled W O L F. That's wolf. If the way you're pronouncing it is like timber wolf, that's a wolf. Oh my God. L V E. You went you went to college. 
FAU, a good college, allegedly. <laughs> Let me see that for a second. Okay, that that yeah, book yeah, is yeah. of a weird size, and I. It's substantial. Why is the font so big, bro? Look so, at this. So, <laughs> this is insane. It's like a textbook size. It is a large fonted book with a large idea at when the center of it. When was that book written? It was it was published uh 1970. Okay. The author is L David Meech. What does L stand for? I don't know. Loser. Okay. Uh stop trying to out alpha the alpha book guy. Uh the point is this gentleman uh L David Meech is the foremost wolf researcher mm. on the f- planet. Okay. And so this book, I I have been fascinated by it and reading it. Yes, it's it's large, it's large letters because it's look at these. There are wolf diagrams in it. Figure 13. Start reading. Yeah, go expressive ahead. Expressive positions of the wolf's tail. And there's a picture of a wolf with its tail sticking straight up in the air. Mm-hmm. And it says, self-confidence in social intercourse. That's what it looks like when a wolf is feeling self-confident in social intercourse. This is a book about wolf sex? Well. Yeah, actually, huh. it is. Um, figure 14, presentation and withdrawal of the anal parts. I mean, why do you a have diagram. That, why do you have that bookmark? You just you just saw that? You were like, I love this page. I, I wolf-eared it, the page. Um, dominant wolf in rear is presenting his anal area and is exerting control over the anal parts of the subordinate who is withdrawing his anal region. Hmm. So this is science. This book... Okay, the most influential, most cited part, though, is the part that establishes the idea of the alpha wolf. Mm. This is where it comes from. This tome, this thing that spread out across America and the world to inform what it means to be dominant, to be masculine, to be the alpha male. And the issue with this book and its research um, is that that part is wrong. It's wrong? It is completely wrong, according to the guy who wrote the book himself. Huh. And the problem has been, for decades now, that nobody will listen to him. Mm. So you're going to listen to him? Well, I'm going to listen to the guy we sent to listen to him. Who did you send to listen to him? The resident alpha in our office. So you sent me? That doesn't make sense, though. I would have known about this. As much as your polo shirt suggests that you are both an alpha and also the manager of the worst radio shack in America, <laughs> there is someone Stop laughing even because more Jesus alpha Christ, than you. Through the soundproof glass. And he's waiting on the other side of the soundproof glass. Very good. NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, do not miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. DraftKings has you covered with lines on just about everything you can think of. I personally happen to love the player stat combos, particularly the points and assists and rebounds over under. And if you are new to DraftKings, you gotta check this out, because new customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. So what are you waiting for? Go and download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code PABLO. That's code PABLO for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours.
Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler or in West Virginia, visit www.100gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Um, Bradley Campbell, thank you for, for taking on this assignment and drinking what you just confessed off microphone um to be dandelion tea <laughs> thanks Pablo. no i appreciate the embrace yes being in here. yes yeah. um you're a valued part of the meadowlark media community you are many things what you are not known as by the various people on the other side of this glass here is an alpha <laughs> <laughs> no no i keep my past hidden that's right that's right i don't know if they appreciate what i'm about to show the people watching on YouTube and the DraftKings Network, because you now, Bradley Campbell, are like short-sleeved, button-down podcast guy. You're a narrative podcast producer. Yeah, I'm the, I'm and the reporter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm the guy at the at the coffee shop ordering a pour-over. Absolutely. Yeah. Before though, <laughs> you were this, <laughs> and I just need to stress that <sighs> your hair is shorter. Your quads are Godzilla-sized. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much alpha in yeah, you, Bradley. Like, yeah. how old are you in this photograph? I mean, uh, I'm 18. Where are you? Because you're wearing a tank top and the shortest shorts showing off those quadzillas. And you look like you're a part of the f***ing super soldier program. Oh, yeah. That's like 180 pounds of Trump rally just coming <laughs> at you looking at that photo. <laughs> but no, I'm at the Dallas High School track. I'm running the anchor of the 4x100 uh, uh, relay. Veins pulsating. How does one look like that? I mean, well, that was, it was hay bucking season. So like after I was done with tracking the meat, we go over to uh, Mr. Hatfield, late Mr. Hatfield's, like one of his farms. Because you're from rural, rural Oregon. Oregon. So super rural Oregon, Dallas. Yeah, just like Texas, sort of bigger the buckle, the closer to God sort of place. To pick up extra money, we'd buck hay. So we just roll around in field. Buck hay, toss it up on the back of a trailer and do that, I don't know, two, three hours after all of our workouts. But yeah, you just, you get gacked. Yeah, gacked is, yeah. is absolutely what is uh, next to this photo in the dictionary, right next to another term, which we conscripted you to investigate. Because yes. you, uh, hey, hey, bucker, <laughs> yeah. uh, former high school track athlete, quarterback, all of these things. We sent you back out into nature, into rural America. Yep. To investigate how it is that we all became obsessed with the idea of the alpha. Yeah, you guys sent me out to uh, the great state of Minnesota. Out to St. Paul campus at the University of Minnesota. That's where I met our main character for the story, Alpha Dave. My name is Dave Meech. I'm a senior research scientist with the U.S. Geological Survey. And I've been a wolf biologist since 1958. He's amazing. He's 87 years old. You wouldn't know it, though, super sprightly. He walked up to, uh, not walked up, he bounded up to the second floor <laughs> into his office, <laughs> Shout pushing out to desks Dave. and tables around to, like, get our shoot going. Baller. How is it that this 87-year-old man became the forefather 
of of the alpha wolf. Oh man, he is the preeminent wolf biologist. And it goes all the way back to 1958. He was a, a PhD student at Purdue University. And he was tasked with going to uh, an island called Isle Royale. It's an island in Lake Superior. And he was there to track timber wolves as part of a research study for his PhD slash dissertation. Right. But he had the he had the right, you know, kind of kind of resume for it. Because he could guard Carl Anthony Towns. <laughs> no, no. I don't know if he... I wouldn't put it past him. I wouldn't put it past him. Uh, but no, no, no. I think the biggest reason is because, one, he had the brain for it. He went to Cornell University, People's Ivy. That's right. They have an ag school. They do. Is it the only one, I think, yeah, with absolutely. the ag school? I yeah, mean, yeah, God yeah. bless Cornell. I mean, we're not, we're, not, yeah. we're not having an ag school over at Harvard University, Bradley. Come on. We're not bucking hay over there. So, uh, anyway... He had the brain, but even more importantly for this is that he had uh, experience beforehand trapping bears. Trapping bears. Yeah. So he would go out into the woods, had a whole method for how to stalk bears in order to tag them. And this is, this is before the era of dart pistols and dart rifles. So how is this man... Yes. Wrangling a bear before the advent of all the technologies that I would assume one would use to trap a bear. You've seen Looney Tunes, right? Uh, of course. You know, like the old school traps? We would, uh, you know, bait them and set them out in the, in the woods along old forest roads. And um, when a bear got caught in one of those, um, then we had to um, subdue the bear, drug it, and put ear tags on it. His team would jump out, wrestle the bear, Grab the bear's feet, essentially, <laughs> to spread this eagle the thing. Ridiculous. And then get up close and then knock the bear out with drugs by hand. A bespoke bear drug. <laughs> so I I do want to um, point out that this Dave Meech character, the scientist, who who is the preeminent wolf researcher and apparently um, an expert bear trapper. Yes. Uh, himself, major alpha energy so oh. far. Oh, huge, huge back in the day, which made him the perfect PhD candidate to set loose on an island to track down timber wolves. Which are for people who only know of the timber wolves through like, I don't know, NBA. No, Drafting three-point guards before Steph Curry. <laughs> <laughs> They're a lot scarier than that. Yeah, Johnny Flynn's like jump shot. So anyway, um, Isle Royal is this undisturbed place that had a pack of timber wolves that one day came over on an ice bridge, they believe, mm. to inhabit the island uh, and hunt moose. Wow. So he is there to research these wolves. Yep. This is like him, in a sense, um, finding his calling. Oh my gosh. He's, he's in seventh heaven. He wouldn't like bound around the island pretending to be a wolf. <laughs> like packing stuff. He would pack food, pack around, and then uh, go as far as he could, set up camp, try and track wolves the whole summer. So I'm imagining this badass who, yeah. in order to study the wolf, must become himself the wolf. Oh, yeah. But the biggest difference between uh, trying to wrangle a bear and trying to wrangle a timber wolf would be what? You can't find timber wolves. So he spent the entire first summer there tracking these timber wolves, but it was kind of like tracking ghosts. Mm. But ghosts who leave behind. <laughs> so all he did that entire first summer was just run around, 
track uh, wolf scat, collect it, and then study it to see kind of what they ate, what their diet was to guess. But all he wanted to do was find a wolf. And so he got the idea in the wintertime uh, to hire a pilot and get up in a Cessna and track him in the sky. His name was Don Murray, and he was an old bush pilot that actually had been hunting wolves um, uh, as part of what he did. So it was handy to have him around and because uh, he knew, you know, quite a bit about wolves and all. Wait, so, so, so the pilot was a wolf hunter in a literal sense. Yeah, dude. So uh, how, th- this is <laughs> so scientist plus man who's trying to generally kill the thing that he is studying. Right. Um, they form this duo that travels around looking for their their targets. Yeah, it was almost like a bad buddy cop movie. But the pilot was really good because if you are hunting wolves from the sky, which I learned, you need a pilot that can fly really really steady, so that when you aim your rifle or shotgun yeah. out the window and shoot them from the sky, uh, there's a good chance that you can hit your target. Um, but it's it, it's just funny moment where it flipped from, you know, here's this pilot going out there, uh, flying, trying to track down wolves. And then all of a sudden, here's the researcher just sitting there and just kind of looking out, taking notes <laughs> <laughs> slowly. Uh, so, yeah, you can imagine what the pilot was thinking, too. But I think they, they ended up forming a, a pretty good bond until uh, Dave asked him to do something where the pilot was like, dude, nah. What did Dave want him to do? Well, they're up in the plane one time and they saw uh, a moose kill. So a pack of wolves had just taken down a moose. And Dave was like, oh, I really want to get close to it. I really want to study this thing. The pilot was skeptical about letting me get down on the ground with the wolves. Um, You know, at that time, wolves were considered pretty dangerous to people. In fact, I had the Park Service made me carry a, a, a small revolver um, just in uh, a gun, um, just in case I got into some trouble with wolves. This is a good reminder yeah. that even the guy, the badass hunter of wolves, yep. he's like, you need to remember what a wolf is. Yes, and at that time, these were thought of as just these pure killing machines. Right. I mean, I grew up, I mean, we all grew up with yeah. these fairy tales, right, about the big bad wolf, and the wolf was always the villain, and blowing down pigs' houses, and dressing up as a grandma, eating kids. Like, yeah. this is rooted in, in all this of fear. This. All of this fear. Generally, they were considered creatures that we shouldn't have around, and that should be wiped out. In fact, Isle Royal was one of the very few places that they survived on at that time. Most places, they had been wiped out of the country. But eventually, the pilot relented. And then landed the bush plane, and they had devised kind of a plan to, if the wolves were to attack him, the pilot would dive out of the sky and try to scare him. I don't want a Monday morning quarterback, someone's uh, wolf survival attack strategy, but that seems like a terrible idea. Yeah, I don't know if it was the best or, or most thought out plan, um, but it's the plan they went with. And so Dave's out there on the ice, walking toward this uh, moose kill, and he gets closer and closer, and it is just... It's gore everywhere. Think like Tarantino setting. Like it's that A lot of blood in a moose. Oh, yeah. And it's just, it snows everywhere. Right. So you've got blood on snow, which even if you've had a bloody nose in the snow, it just looks like a massacre. Well, I might be a little bit hesitant around blood. Like Dave's a biologist, kind of used to it. So he just went there and then just started examining the kill. Suddenly, the plane started coming in low and kind of diving the trees a little bit. And... I thought, what, maybe the wolves are coming back. And I looked up, and here were two wolves charging towards me. 
maybe 100, 150 feet away or so. Then I realized that maybe I was in a little trouble, <laughs> and I wondered, should I film these wolves coming towards me, or, or should I grab the pistol? This is when I'm yelling at the screen during the horror movie. <laughs> Dave, there's an obvious choice here. Fuck the science. <laughs> Pull the gun. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah, the guy was scared. I mean, the wolves, like we said, they were thought of as killing machines. And he's sitting there with these two options, and it's just going through his head. Are these killing machines, or are these something else? I decided to grab the pistol. I had the camera in one hand, and I grabbed my pistol, and as I pulled it out, uh, the wolves saw me move, and, and that startled them. And they stopped, turned around, and ran away. And then I felt kind of foolish because actually they were afraid of me. And that was the last time uh, that he ever packed a gun. He actually thought that it would be more dangerous just to have a gun on him as he was hiking throughout the island than to just walk around in the wild with Timberwolves around him. So Dave, his eyes are opened for the first time yeah. as to actually these, these uh, nightmare creatures right. are more complicated than it might actually seem. Yeah, definitely. And also in that moment, he realized that he made a mistake. He's a scientist. Yeah. And so yeah. he regretted the instinct to be um, a hunter. I think in that moment, he made, uh, he realized that he made a mistake. And Dave's a guy that owns up to his mistakes and is like, it's okay. If you correct him, it'll be all right. But later on, he would understand that there are some mistakes that no matter how hard you try, you can't correct them. Right, right. And so Dave Meech, this true believer, this man who has his eyes open now for the first time really to what wolves might really be, he's confronting this mistake that brings us directly to this book that's been sitting on this desk. So <laughs> this book, titled again, The Wolf, originally published 1970, this Bradley is the text that Dave Meech brought down from this mountaintop. <laughs> And it was where and how the alpha wolf concept took off. Like, this is where we trace it to. Yeah, this yeah. research. Totally. I mean, even at the start of the, uh, the, national, the recent national championship game between yeah. uh, Michigan and University of Washington, uh, yeah, they were talking about how Jim Harbaugh likes to play videos of, uh, of predators hunting mm. uh, to his team to get them fired up. And he says the most, like, lethal uh, set of predators are a pack of wolves hunting. The perfect fighting unit to me is a, is a pack of wolves, you know, a wolf pack. Um, and you see them, you see them gathered together, uh, you know, before the fight. You, know, you see them together going to the fight. You see them together in the fight. Uh, you see them celebrating after the fight. Right. <laughs> and right. it's just like, nah. A descendant, though, of, of yes. this book. Like, that is the through line, right? Yeah, or, or people that never read the book. <laughs> so, so what yeah. did the book actually say? Well, the big thing in the book is that Dave wanted to write things that were right. What he had to do was he had to review all the other literature about wolves that was out there. The famous one was out by a German uh, behaviorist named Rudolf Schnenkel. And this guy had studied wolves in captivity, and he was really interested in this thing called pack dynamics. But um, to make his pack to study in captivity then, Schenkel just grabbed a bunch of wolves from different zoos and threw them all together into an enclosure and considered that a wolf pack. 
the idea was that all the wolves were together and just thrown together in some random group. And mm. then there would be a fight, a competition, right. a battle in order to get to that top spot. And once they reach that top spot through aggression, through dominance, through just pure... Uh, ass kicking. <laughs> yeah, ass kicking, hay bucking. Um, <laughs> they would be called the alpha. And so Dave looked at this previous research and realized it actually matched up to what he witnessed on Isle Royal. There was always one dog that was the lead dog and subordinates behind it. So he was right. like, oh, okay, it must just be the alpha. This yes. is just kind of how things work. The alpha so, dominates the others. Completely. They saw it in captivity in Germany with the study. Yeah. And now Dave is seeing this on Isle Royal. Actually, the quote, in competitive situations, dominance takes the form of privilege. The mm. dominant animals showing the initiative and claiming whatever is desired. There it is. Yeah. I can imagine. So this book comes out again in 1970. Yeah. Just the way that so many finance bros <laughs> must have felt so justified oh, yeah. in this description of my privilege comes from Oh, my yeah. dominance. Oh, yeah. And the, and you can imagine finance bros love it too because like the alpha wolf actually walks with his tail up so other wolves can sniff its ass. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, anytime you can biologically justify butt sniffing. Oh, Wall completely. Street loves that. Oh, they love that stuff. <laughs> they love that stuff. But and by the way, so too broadly did like America, did people in the, in the marketplace for books. Like yeah. this thing took off. It did, it did. I think this one's like the fifth printing. This one I think is from 1987. Yep. Is Printing number five, which means that it gets bought and sold over and over and over and over again across yeah. the world. And all sorts of schools everywhere. Even in small town Dallas, Oregon, that little rural of town course. that I come from, fourth grade, we were learning all about wolves. And a lot of it came from that book. No, it's an actual sensation that informs and influences scientific thinking, trickles down all the way to little Bradley Campbell. Yep. Can't wait to get those muscles pumping in honor of the alpha wolf <laughs> Firewood image. isn't going to split itself. <laughs> um, and, it, and it cements every instinct, I suppose, we have about, oh, this villain in all of these fairy tales, the big bad wolf. Yeah, it was, it, it was essentially true squatter the whole thing. But within this book, uh, while most all of it is correct, there was one major problem this massive air about alphas. And it's one that took Dave about 30 years to fix. Sound the trumpets, it's horse racing time. So saddle up for action with DK Horse, an official DraftKings affiliate. Right now, new customers who download the DK Horse app can get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250. So just deposit $25 or more and complete the playthrough requirement. Wager on your favorite horses, then watch the races live right in the app. Download the DK Horse app now. New customers can get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250 when they opt in with code PTFO. Only on the DK Horse app. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER, 18+, plus in certain states to open or access an account and a resident of a state where DK Horse is available. Eligibility restrictions apply. Void where prohibited. One per new customer. Match calculated on first deposit up to a maximum of $250. Deposit requires two-time playthrough of settled wagers within 168 hours. Bonus released in $25 increments. Deposit and eligibility restrictions apply. See terms at dkhorse.com. Okay, so I'm just doing the math here, right? So, um... 
30 years for Dave brings us to yep. about 1999 yep. Height of Total Request Live. America at its peak. And we have Dave Meech, the number one wolf researcher in the entire world. Yep. The man who has at least five printings of his super um, influential tome, The Wolf, that establishes and teaches America that the alpha wolf is a real thing, that these are dominant animals claiming what's desired. That's the quote. Um, and then he realizes that he has f***ed something up about this seminal research. Yeah, and it just starts eating away at him. I began to realize that Rather than strange wolves coming together and fighting and be one becomes the alpha and all that, that's not the way it works. I'm imagining Dave Meech like in the shower one day, this true believer scientist who still is like stressed out about whether he should have pulled that gun on that wolf that was about to kill him. Like that guy's like, I, I, have, I, have, I have made a huge tiny mistake. A nightmare, a nightmare for Dave Meech. So there's no fighting or great competition to become the top member of that group, the dominant one, but rather it just happens naturally. And therefore the term alpha does not really apply because the term alpha implies that there was a fight, a battle, a challenge, a competition to get to the top. And with wolves, that's not what happens. It's just a matter of just like humans, a male and female mating and having offspring. Oh, God, it just hits him again and again. And he continues to do research and continues to bolster this, uh, this fact. I mean, he just realized it's not just a bunch of random wolves coming together, but it's just a family. That's it. It's a family. And honestly, he said it, it relates a lot to a human family. Where mm. it's like they raise their kids, then their kids grow up, then they go off and they find a mate and they make families of their own. They come together, male and female, and as they reproduce, they automatically become the dominant members of the pack, just like a human male and female, a mother and father, become dominant to their offspring. There's no battling. There's no <laughs> battling. No, it's just a mom and dad. That's an alpha. Parents. This is um, for so many people for whom the alpha male was a way to either get back at or become their dad. <laughs> this is a cruel bit of scientific poetry. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes, it is. So just to be very clear here for our listeners, because we're establishing something that is staggering and radical. The alpha wolf. Yes. Is what? Horse but the next question I have then, given the way that horse tends to smell. Which you know how horse smells. That's right. One of the park. few animals. Yes. In New yes. York. <laughs> it's like smelled, that, rats and that, dogs. That yeah. scat. Familiar yeah. with. Yeah. Um, how did Dave tolerate this for so long? Like, this is a huge existential concern. Now, this guy is a true believer. He cares deeply about correcting mistakes. And this was not, I mean, it was horse but it was not a lie. No, he just no, got no, it no. wrong. Yeah. And so how does this sit with him for so long. How does he go about fixing this? He went to fix it in the most scientific way possible by publishing a journal article in 1999. And he challenged the whole idea and like brought to life the truth about what he learned. And then he's like, okay, I've settled it with scientific community. Let me now change my book. Right. And he tries and he's like, hey, we, we have to fix this. It's completely wrong. But the publisher was like, no, nah, we, we, we can't do that. And he was like, no, can, then just stop selling it. 
Like you need to stop selling this thing. But it right. kept on selling and it kept on selling. So, so past 1999, past 2000, past 2010, past 2018, all the way up to 2022, it finally went out of publication. This part is incredible. Yeah. The idea that Dave is doing the rare thing that so few public intellectuals of any kind ever do, which is raise their hand and say, not only do I want to correct the record, I would like to stop profiting off of this. <laughs> and the publishing machine, why don't they help him make the record correct? I, I reached out to the publisher and they said the, they, they only comment on books that are being published. Oh, God. Right? But anyway, then then I talked big to another book. friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big paper, yeah. Big, paper, <laughs> big paper, total big paper response. Uh, but anyway, then I talked to another friend who is in the publishing world, uh, actually involved in Bill Simmons' book of basketball publishing, mm. um, and he said it's a lot less nefarious. There are just a lot of pages here, or no, what? It's just a hell of old technology. Oh, books, right? Printing, printing, physical copies. Yeah, you can't just go in and you know quickly get into the CMS and edit something, scrub it, and fix it, and boom, uh, like the change never happened. And so this is sad, also, yeah. because Dave is is losing control of this creature, this alpha. Yeah, he can't put it back in the cage, man. We know this from just living, from 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 living in the present, Being in sport, in the sports world in particular, where this no doubt. is everywhere, dude. Oh, it's LeBron James who can't stop referencing alphas. He's he's talking about how Anthony Davis needs to be an alpha to be able to get, you know, uh, a young, hungry, you know, you know, alpha male to go out there and just do the things that he do. It's Deion Sanders, Coach Prime, oh, firing up his uh, firing up his football players. Dominant to be dominant all the time. Let's be dominant. Let's prepare to be dominant in the weight room, in the classroom, at home, in your meetings, and on this field. We got that. Yes, sir. All right. It even goes out to a brain supplement. Oh yeah. In order course. to get an alpha brain, called Alpha Brain. Yeah. That is promoted by uh, by Joe Rogan. Of course. If I go to a UFC and I don't have Alpha Brain, I panic. <laughs> I'm, I take it before every podcast. I, I even oftentimes take it on the air just to let people know, like, I really take this. <laughs> Look, I, I got I to gotta admit here, like, Joe Rogan doesn't bother me. Like, he does some good interviews. Like, his one with Rick Rubin. Okay. Solid, fine. Yes. Solid interviewing. I'm not here like, to put I'm Joe not, Rogan on yeah, trial. My old Alpha is like, oh, I, I, hey, Joe, how you doing? Like, I, we can talk about squats. <laughs> yeah, about about, about yeah. chokeholds. Um, I do, though, want to speak to the person who was actually on trial, who oh, yeah. also embodies this whole, yeah. this whole alpha well, scheme. He's the one that took it all the way off the rails. This dude, uh, Andrew Tate. If you guys want to know what it's like to be an alpha male, you know, I think Andrew exemplifies this more than just about anyone I know because he just does whatever the fuck he wants. He says whatever the fuck he wants and he gets whatever the fuck he wants. And that, you know, in my definition is, is what an alpha male is. He turned this into like a quasi-religion. Yes. Called Tatism. These are the 41 tenets I believe in. I believe that men have the divine imperative to become as capable, powerful, and competent as possible in this life. I believe that a man's life is difficult and he has the sacred duty to become strong to handle such difficulty. I believe that men have the sacred duty to approach everything in life from a position of strength. So this is where I have to point out, if you're not familiar, if you are in fact blessedly unfamiliar with Andrew Tate and his oeuvre, this is the dude who got arrested in Romania 
Prosecutors in Romania have filed formal charges against the controversial influencer Andrew Tate, his brother Tristan and two Romanian associates. The charges include rape, human trafficking and forming an organized crime group. And those trials, that whole legal proceeding is still unfolding now. But that's the guy who took this lineage, the lineage of the alpha wolf, and built a whole business on it, an allegedly criminal business that, uh, let's be honest about this, that is more popular than any of us would like to admit. Like the whole alpha brain, alpha male, alpha wolf industrial complex, it's clearly speaking to something that that men at least yeah. are deeply sort of searching for. Yeah, I guess to get real for a moment. Please. You know, uh, well, yeah, it's just like guys like me die of suicide in the U.S. at the highest rate. White guys, middle-aged. Mm. And uh, I, I guess in order to cope with it, you want to reach for a philosophy that's easy to understand. Right. We keep on looking to animals. animals. For our... There's a purity toward animals. And if you actually go and you see a wolf or you're actually any wild animal up close, it's like, oh, that, that, that's pure. How they live is just perfect and it's easy and they seem at ease and they just are yes. full of just innate confidence that it, like it's that we don't have that we don't have it, it, it is strength yeah but also um it is an uncomplicated vision of strength. seemingly but man when you're when you're close to an apex predator it's just it's it's powerful and uh and so yeah so i think a lot of people that are going toward this um I don't know, this way of living, I guess, they just want something simple to be that salve within their lives and allow them to not think about all the complexities, right. just to go out and f***ing dominate. And so I just want to spell all of this out yeah. for the audience here. The thing that has been eating away at America, this, this psychological desire to, to be strong, to be an alpha, to be the wolf, to be this alpha male... That's all been premised on, on a, a scientific misunderstanding. Like, none of it is actually true. Well, kind of. What, what, and, and I'll get, Bradley. I guess I'll get to that in a sec. What, what have we been doing here this entire time? I'm trying to understand what it is that I found out today. Yeah. And I had thought that the alpha male, as established by our debunking, but which is, by the way, Dave Meech's own debunking of himself. Correct. Of the alpha wolf concept. We agree on that. That yeah. is not in dispute. Uh, it's not in dispute that this then went out to every high school and college in America, basically. Facts. How every athlete, every coach, every locker room wants to worship at the altar of what it means to be the alpha. Yes. And so... What are you now trying to tell me? Well, alpha wolves, they don't exist. They're right? just parents. But alpha males... They do exist. They do exist, but domination is a sort of narrow view. So that's Franz de Waal. Uh, he's one of the top primate researchers in the world. Now we're... Okay, now we're doing primate researchers. Yeah, yeah. I think it's important to get into uh, get into another species in this because it's important about what he says because he studied chimps back in the day. Mm. Had this book called Chimpanzee Politics, Power and Sex Among the Apes. Back in the 90s, that book was a thing among people in power. Newt Gingrich, of all people, in Washington, who recommended it to Republicans uh, in the House, I believe. 
and the craziest part is just like Dave's book, people immediately went right to the alpha mm. and are like, yeah, love this thing. And they just ran with it. But Franz, when I talked to him, he was just like, could we just pump the brakes? The real alpha males that I know in chimpanzees, I think one out of five is, is dictatorial. And so it's tyrannical. And, and they often end badly because the group at some point is going to revolt. Uh, but four out of five, I would say, are keeping the peace and protecting the underdog and um, keeping the group together. One out of five alpha males in chimps is dictatorial. One in five. The other four out of five, he's saying, keep the peace, protect the underdog, keep the group together, which is not alpha shit, as I have come to appreciate the alpha male as a concept. No, no. And sometimes they're just really friendly. Sometimes they do a lot of favors uh, for their fellow uh, chimps. And he added another important point in that it's more often than not, the people who decide who is the alpha of the group within chimpanzees, uh, it's, it's the women. The alpha female of the zoo group where I worked, whose name is Mama, because she was very motherly to everyone, but she had an enormous power. And you, you, could, you basically could not become alpha male without her support. So I'm listening to this and I'm thinking back like near the end here, back to my time in high school debate when I felt most alpha. <laughs> I love that my you were doing something sport. productive and I was just like stacking <laughs> plates on the squat rack. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, oh I was lifting intellectual weights. <laughs> and what I, what I learned back then is that the key to any good debate, any good discussion of anything is you got to define your terms. Yeah. If we don't agree on what the f- we're arguing about we're just like ships passing in the night and so here here i finally settle upon it seems this definition of alpha which is just more complicated yeah right like the alpha wolf in the wild is just apparent that's what dave meach our 87 year old friend in minnesota taught us god bless him it's not the domineering andrew tate kind of alpha image but there are in fact andrew tate alpha yeah. Chimps. Definitely. In this case. Definitely. Um, they're just losers. I know, I know. And I think the important part is to ground this all, this whole desire to be the alpha is success, is to get whatever you want. Right. And so whenever I hear that people using the term alpha, I'm like, why do you want to choose a mode that has you finish one and eight in the pack 12? <laughs> Dion catching strays. Jeez. But what they're saying is, Diplomacy, yes, an underrated part of leadership, parenting, the idea to care and to be emotionally sensitive to those who are in your care. Yeah, that's what leadership is in the animal world. They're quite responsible characters, and um, they can become extremely popular as a result. So, because the whole group looks at them for security. But now I'm putting on my hat as a political strategist. Because, okay. because I, I am realizing that a complicated definition is a dangerous one. Yeah. And so what do we do about the word alpha, right? Like, where does it go? Can we actually do what Dave tried to do with his own book and, like, undo some of this? How do we approach that? Well, I think it's here to stay. I don't think we can do anything. And even Dave agrees with me on that. An alpha does, says, yes. whatever they want. With, with humans, yes. Yeah. Yeah, well, that, that we're not going to stop that. I mean, that's just the way it is. But I think to bring it back to wolves, um, you know, in order to be a good parent, they have to be lethal. 
because pups got to eat and moose are huge. So you do have to, uh, you'd have to kill at times. But the more important thing to be a great alpha, to be a great parent, you got to be affectionate yes. with your mate. You got to be really great to your, uh, your pups, your kids. And uh, that leads to possibly the coolest thing that I learned on this whole wolf <laughs> tale, uh, if you will, I-L or L-E. Yes. Um, that is uh, that wolves hug. Wait. So you mean they physically, literally hug each other? Yep. Actually putting their arms around each other's neck. I published a whole paper on wolves hugging each other. Sometimes lie side by side uh, where one will put its, uh, its front paws along around the neck of the other. And I've seen them doing it this way as well, uh, where they actually hug. Um, and I don't see that a lot or haven't seen it a lot, but seen it enough to know that it does exist, yeah. I love this so much, man. It's great, right? I, I, I feel like the only thing, <laughs> what I found out today, yeah, okay, is that there is only one more thing left for clearly two alphas as properly defined <laughs> I think to so. do. Yeah. Um, here, wait. I, I mean... <sighs> <laughs> Bud Light on the table. <sighs> oh, that's some good. Oh, yeah. And, oh, and bring it in, man. And yeah, let's do this. Yeah. Oh, keep the cans on. Oh. <laughs> oh, you're so. How are you still so strong? <laughs> Pilates. <laughs> For more of those quads uh, and and more reporting, uh, overseen by Bradley Campbell, check out Sports Explains the World from Metal Arc Media, wherever you get your podcasts. This has been Pablo Torre Finds Out, a Meadowlark Media production. And I'll talk to you next time. <laughs> <laughs>